I hope that you can be as excited about the blessed life as I am. And I really mean that. For those of you worshiping online and for those of you in the patio, the rest of us here, uh, I'm excited today to share with you another missional practice of how we can be a blessing to those in our lives. But before I do that, I want to draw your attention to those white roses over there, to my left and your right. We know what that means, don't we? An indication that somebody said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And today we're celebrating the fact that our adult formation pastor, Dave Mergens, he last weekend had an opportunity to do a father-son retreat. And at the end of that retreat, he shared the gospel and gave an opportunity for people to respond. Six young men who are with their dads, who've never made a decision to follow Jesus, recognized his ability to forgive them of their sin, to be the Lord and Savior of their life. And they said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And that's what we're going to celebrate today. Amen? Yes. You know, celebrating people's decisions to follow Jesus never gets old, does it? And I hope that you see how God is calling you to not only be a blessing to others, but to help people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus through you. It has always been God's design and desire to bless the world through his children. Ever since Abraham and the way that God called Abraham to follow him, he promised Abraham that not only would he make him a blessing, but that the people of this world would be blessed through him. As God's people, he's counting on you and on me to take the blessed life that he gives us and to share with others so we can be a blessing to them as well and help those who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus through us. The blessed initiative, it simply helps us to follow Jesus in mission. As we seek to save the lost and restore the broken through the message of the gospel and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, the Bless Initiative is really not about memorizing a script or figuring out how to get the right answers so we can convince somebody they need Jesus. The Bless Initiative really is about being equipped and transformed by the gospel and by the scripture through a process of discipleship upon which we as God's people can go into the world and truly be a blessing through everyday, ordinary, practical activities of our life. Being a blessing should not be difficult. It should be something we're excited about and something that we're willing to do through natural, everyday, ordinary practices of our life. Let me remind you that BLESS is really an acronym, B-L-E-S-S. And what it stands for is that in the blessed life, we realize that in our evangelism circle, those who we have the closest proximity to in our lives that we can reach with the gospel who don't know Jesus, we're going to reach them by beginning with prayer, by listening with care, by experiencing life together, by serving with love, And when given the opportunity, we're going to share our story for God's glory. All the while hoping and trusting that God will use us to bring people to know him. Yes, last week we started with the B, beginning with prayer. And this week 
we're going to take time to look at L, the second practice of these five simple missional practices called listening with care. We live in a world where hardly anybody really listens to each other anymore. Isn't that true? You realize how bad we are at listening? All you have to do is go to social media and look. And what you'll find is that more people are more interested in what they have to say than what others have to say. The art of listening has been lost within our society and it's devastating our society. The results of not being a society that's willing to listen to each other leave many people feeling unheard and unrecognized, which actually results in people feeling unloved. I want you to think about the reality that God has called us as his children to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and equally important to love our neighbor as ourself. As we consider the horizontal and vertical relationship of our lives, the reality is listening is a big part of this. If we are unwilling to listen to people, we recognize that people will go unheard, unrecognized, which essentially and eventually causes them to feel unloved. And one of God's great callings on our life is to love others with a Christ-like love. If you want to think of a time where you felt unheard or even a time where you, you were misunderstood, it won't take you long to come up with that, I'm sure of it. Because the reality is all of us have had that type of experience in our life. And I'm absolutely convinced that the reason we have so many marriage counselors in our world today is because people have lost the ability to listen to each other. And we all know, for those of us who are married, that when we don't listen to our spouses, that's not the only problem that comes about within our marriage. For many other problems within marriage are the result of our unwillingness or inability to listen to one another. If we be honest, being in conversations with people when we're not heard or we're misunderstood, it can be truly frustrating, can it? Not only that, but we can be hurt by it. We can be overwhelmed as a result of it. And for many people, they're left feeling a tremendous amount of pain in life as a result of not being heard or simply being misunderstood. Recently, it's kind of a silly illustration, but it works. Recently, I ordered a pair of shoes online. So for those of you that know me well, know that I like shoes. It's just a thing. I really can't explain it. But when my shoes arrived, they were two different sizes. I was so bummed. But I thought, ah, no big deal. I'll call customer service and they can help me out. No doubt about it. So I got a hold of customer service, nice lady on the line. I told her what was going on. She said, no problem, I can help you. I thought, great, this is wonderful. So then I proceeded to tell her that, you know what, I, could you just send me a new pair of shoes in the mail? 
And what I will do is take the shoes that I have and I'll return them to the store for a refund. She says, yes, no problem, sir. I can help you with that. I thought, great, here we go. Then she proceeded to tell me that she was working for me and making sure that she would send me an email and in this email would be a label that I could put on the box so that I could return these shoes in the mail. And that when they got returned, they would process it. And 10 to 12 days later, they would send me another pair of shoes in the mail. Now, if you were listening to me, you would know that she didn't hear me. Because I said, please just send me a pair of shoes and I'll return them to the store for my money. She wasn't listening to me. To be honest with you, she had a manuscript that she was reading from on a computer screen. And rather than sitting and having a conversation with me to identify my need and what I wanted her to do for me, she was just simply following the script. I can't tell you how frustrated I was as a result of this conversation. Over and over again, every time I made a comment or asked a question, her response was, I'm working for you, sir. Please hold for a moment. What am I holding for? And she would come on and I would say, how are you doing, ma'am? Are we almost done with this? Yes, sir. I'm working for you, sir. Hold on one more moment. After 30 minutes had gone by and I was at my end, I finally said to her, I said, thank you for your time, but I am going to hang up on you because you have not been helpful to me. To which she said, I'm working for you, sir. One moment, please. And I hung up the phone. Now, I went to the kitchen. I started scurrying through the cupboards to find some blood pressure medicine. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But I wanted to. I was so frustrated over something so silly, so simple, and so ridiculous. And then I was mad at myself that I just spent 30 minutes on the phone with somebody who wasn't helpful to me and didn't understand me. And I was mad. I felt like I wasted 30 minutes of my life. I'm sure you can relate to this. If not, just grab some product you have and call customer service just to talk to them about it and see how that goes. You know, even though I was calm on the phone with her, and I truly was friendly. I'm not sure that was my best pastor moment <laughs> that I've ever had, though. It was terribly frustrating. And my family heard all about it when I was done. You know, I can't overstate the importance of being a good listener. If people in our life are going to feel like we care for them. I can't overstate that. Being a good listener means that we must be able to do more than simply repeat the words that are spoken to us. It means that we must repeat to others not only what they say to us, but what they actually mean. Often I will say to my kids, did you hear me? <laughs> yes, dad. What did I say? They repeat it. Then I say, what did I mean? I have no idea. <laughs> ah, so frustrating, isn't it? 
being a good listener, it requires that we learn how to ask good questions and then take the time to listen to people with care. It means that we're going to be more interested in understanding what people are saying than what our next response is going to be. People that we're willing to sit with and listen to need to feel and know that we care about them. And if all you're interested in doing is giving the right answer or giving the next response or formulating in your mind what's going on, you're not really listening to somebody. If you want to be a blessing to others, then I can't emphasize enough the importance of being a good listener. It's one of the ways that God is calling us to be a blessing to others so that they can come to know Jesus through you and through me. I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Before I read the text, I kind of want to set the scene and, and, and lay the stage for what's going on here. We're going to look at the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. What's happening is that Jesus had resurrected. He spent some time with his disciples. He ascended to heaven. He told them to wait in the upper room. The Holy Spirit would descend upon them. The Spirit has come. Then God gave them a mission to go into the world and make disciples, beginning in Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. By the time we get to Acts chapter 8, the spread of the gospel is happening. It's gone to the Jewish people, and now it's beginning to make a difference in the lives of Gentiles. Prior to Acts 8, the church is dispersed through the persecution of Saul, who became Paul. Immediately following this in, verse, uh, in chapter 8, we have verse nine, or chapter 9, where Paul become, Saul becomes Paul, and he's converted and becomes the, uh, really the evangelist to the Gentile world. But in the middle of all this is a story about a man named Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch. The eunuch was pursuing Christ. And God used Philip to lead him to Jesus. Philip was a deacon in the early church. He was a preacher of the gospel. He was an evangelist. The Ethiopian eunuch, he was a court official to the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch was interested in knowing God. The story tells us that he actually was just in Jerusalem to worship God at the temple. But because he was a eunuch, the Jews would not accept him as a full-on proselyte. For we know that eunuchs are men who have been castrated for the purpose of trusted service in a royal household. And this prevented the man from becoming a full Jewish proselyte. But no doubt the man was interested in God and wanted to know him and worship him. And so he, he went some 200 miles from his home to Jerusalem to do just this. And it was on his way home that God used Philip to share the gospel with him. It's interesting because I'm absolutely convinced that the eunuch, though he spent time at the temple and he was pursuing God, he was still not satisfied. I think the Ethiopian represents many people today who are religious, who read the Bible, 
and who seek after God sincerely, but do not have a saving faith or relationship with Jesus Christ. I think that the eunuch was somebody who was sincere but lost. Somebody who needed somebody to come alongside him to share the way of salvation through the person of Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christian, then God is asking you and me to come alongside the eunuchs of our day, the people who are seeking God to help them to come to know him. This is where we pick up in Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandike, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over and he heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch never saw him again, but went on rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Here we have a eunuch who is sincerely seeking God. The Bible is clear that if we will sincerely seek God, what will happen? We will find him. We have Philip, who is a servant of God, a messenger in this story, who God had prepared and equipped to send to the eunuch for the purpose of telling him about Jesus. Philip is a great example of one who responded in faithful obedience to God's instruction on his life. God prepared both Philip and the eunuch for the conversation that they were about to have. God does this all the time for the people in our life and for us as well. I think it's important to see that the power of Scripture is evident in the story to lead people to Jesus Christ. 
But the important thing that we must understand is that it wasn't enough in the eunuch's case. He asked Philip, how can I know who this is or the way unless somebody explains it to me? And this is where you and me come into the picture. God is preparing and equipping us to be his messengers, to help people come to know Jesus and the salvation that he can bring to their lives. If we are going to be people who bless others and lead them to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, then one of the things we must do, like Philip did, is be willing to listen for who God is asking us to come alongside and to be with. If you're taking notes this morning, this is simply the first point. Listen for who God is asking you to come alongside and to be with. You see, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch's encounter, it wasn't a random encounter. It was a divine encounter. It was orchestrated by God. God was at work softening the heart of the eunuch, drawing him and calling him to him. As well as at work in Philip's life, equipping and preparing him to be willing and to be ready when God asks him to be sent to go and bring the message to the eunuch. And when the time was just right, what happened? God called Philip and Philip responded. And he went to be with and proclaimed the gospel to the eunuch. You know, I often begin my day with a simple prayer that goes something like this. Lord, help me to be open to the people that I encounter today. May I not see them as an interruption to my agenda or a burden to my schedule. But help me to see them as people you sent to me, people that I need to love and serve. Amen. Every day I leave my house and make my way to the church, I pray this prayer. I do it because I need to align my heart so that I can be available for those that God is placing in my life. I want to remind you that people are far more important than your agenda. People are far more important than your schedule. And if our agendas and our schedules are so important to us that we don't listen to who God is sending to us, then it's very likely we will miss out on opportunity after opportunity to be a blessing to those in our lives that God is sending us to. Let's be mindful each day of the people in our lives that we can be a blessing to simply by listening to them. Point number two is simply this. God listen, our good listeners learn how to ask good questions. 
Good listeners learn how to ask good questions. Notice that before Philip ever spoke a word about Jesus, he asked the eunuch questions. As he was sent, he met the eunuch where he was at on his journey, quite literally. But he also met the eunuch where he was at on his spiritual journey. And before Philip took advantage of responding by telling him about Jesus, he took time to come alongside him, to be with him, to listen to him, to ask questions before he ever opened his mouth. Learning to ask good questions is critical if we are going to be good listeners. The best salespeople in the world are not smooth talkers. They're people who often will ask good questions and take time to listen. So they can identify your need and meet you where you're at. And then sell you what they have to sell you. Listening is not a talent that we're born with. But it's something that we all have to develop over time. That levels the playing field, doesn't it? But how do we do this? How do we develop the skill of listening? Well, one way is to come prepared to every conversation, ready to use the four H's of listening. Well, what are those? I'm glad you asked. In the pew in front of you is a card like this. If you're online, you can go to our website and download this. Everybody grab one. This is your challenge card for the week. And on here are the four H's of listening. They're actually a series of questions that will help you to become a better listener. The four H's of listening are history questions, heart questions, habit questions, and hurt questions. History questions are the questions like, tell me your story. Where'd you grow up? Hard question, what's your favorite food? Or your favorite team? Your favorite restaurant? Your favorite thing to hunt? And then there's the habit questions. What are you into? What do you like to do with your free time? And finally, the hurt kind of questions. How are you doing with, you name the situation. Gwen and I were on a walk the other day. and We happened to be walking by one of the neighbors who had just pulled into the driveway. He got out and I said hi and he said hi and he was just making his way in. And I haven't talked to this neighbor since December. But last time I talked to him, he was telling me that he was having shoulder surgery. So I remembered that and quickly just shouted out, hey, how's your shoulder doing? He was really surprised. He stopped. He looked. He's like, oh, thanks for asking. Um, Yeah, it's getting better. We had about a two-minute interchange. He said, have a great day. I said, you too. He went in and we took off. Why was that important? Because my neighbor got to know that I cared about him as I remembered something about him that gave me an opportunity to ask him a question upon which he knows that I was not only listening to him, 
but that I care about him. How often do we miss those opportunities to be a good listener that allows us the opportunity to become a better friend to our neighbors? In his book, Jesus is the Question by Martin P. Copenhaver. He says that Jesus asked 307 questions, but he only answered three of those questions. The rest of the time, he just listened. If one of the ways that Jesus loved and cared for others was simply by asking questions and listening, then I think it would be to our advantage to do the very same thing. Amen? Please consider the importance of asking good questions and being a good listener. Point number three is simply this. The gift of listening will help us to properly care for and meet the needs of our neighbors. In response to the eunuch's question, who is this text talking about? The prophet or someone else? Philip now gave a response. The eunuch was reading out of Isaiah 53, a passage concerning the suffering servant. And the specific text that he was reading about really talks about this servant being a substitution for us. But before the eunuch ever asked Philip a question, Philip came alongside him, joined him where he was at on the journey. He asked him questions. He took time to listen. But now, after a series of time, the eunuch starts asking Philip questions. You see, now is the time for him to respond. And he takes time, beginning where the eunuch was reading the prophet Isaiah, Philip started where he was at. And he began to explain the scriptures to him. And then he began to explain the gospel. And he began to explain who Jesus is and his need for Jesus. And the result of the conversation is that the eunuch said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. The very thing that he was missing as he left Jerusalem. The text doesn't tell us he was missing anything. That was what I'm reading into it. But the very thing that he was missing, he found on his way home. And he found in the person of Jesus Christ through a messenger that God had sent to him. Who is God sending you to? Of course, Philip knew that the eunuch's greatest need was Jesus. But he also understood the importance of taking time to listen. And to care before he ever talked to him about his need for Jesus. Michael Frost illustrates the power of listening and meeting people's needs when he tells the story of a missionary group who went to India to serve the poor and remote village that they ended up at. The missionary brought a group of people who had all kinds of supplies. They were ready to 
uh, put together programs to reach these people. And many skilled workers, they came with the intent of transforming this village into really a place of health and vitality. They first went to the people living in the slum and they said, we could build you a medical clinic to help the hurt and the sick. We could build you a school so that you could educate your children and they could work their way out of poverty. We would even build you a church so that you can gather together and learn about God. Then they asked the question, what do you want us to do for you? They were excited. They were passionate. They were ready to get to work. The missionaries were surprised by the people's response when what they asked for was a mailbox. A mailbox? We can build you a clinic, we can build you a school, and we can build you a church, and all you want is a mailbox? Tell us more. The villagers went on to explain that in India, not having a mailbox means you don't have a zip code. And if you don't have a zip code, that means you do not exist on the map. And if you don't exist on the map, then you're not part of the country. And if you're not a part of the country, then you don't qualify for social and government programs that are intended to build communities. Whoa. You know what these villages wanted? They wanted an identity so they could become recognized within their own country. Had the missionaries not stopped to ask the question and listen with care, they would have missed out on the opportunity of identifying and understanding these people's true need. Getting a mailbox into that community was a two-year process. It took them two years to work through the bureaucracy in order to get them a zip code. But when they established a zip code and they had a mailbox and they got on the map... What the missionaries found was that the community started to change and people's lives were beginning to be transformed. Listening. It moves us forward in our relationships with the people that God is sending to us or calling us to go to, to be a blessing to so that we can bring change to their lives. As we listen with care, let's be like Philip. Let's pay attention to the nudges that God is giving us for those people he's sending us to, to go simply and be with. Like Philip, let's learn to ask good questions. And take time to be good listeners. Let's follow Philip's example of understanding the true need of the other before we respond to meet the need in their life. Like Philip, let's be intent 
on hearing and understanding so that people feel recognized, they feel understood, and ultimately they will feel loved. Let's be willing to invite people into our homes so that we can hear their stories. Let's invite them to church so that they can become a part of a community that maybe they don't know they need yet, but they do. Let's make sure that we recognize the blessing that God has given to us so that we can go out into the world and be a blessing to others. After all, God's design has always been to reach the lost and the hurting through those who belong to him. That's you and that's me. Take some time this week to ask God to give you opportunity to listen to somebody who needs to be heard. And when God interrupts your life, don't see it as something that is is getting in the way of your schedule or your agenda. But see it as an opportunity for you to be a blessing to somebody in your life. Every time God gives us an opportunity to be a blessing to others, let's embrace it. Amen? Let's pray. God, thanks so much for the encouragement that we can receive through the instruction of your word. Thanks for the blessing that we gain through knowing you and for the servants you've created us to be, to be a blessing to others. God, as we consider the blessed life, help us to be people who will truly take time to listen with care to those in our lives, especially those in our evangelism circle, the the, the people who don't know you, who are pursuing you. Help us to begin by praying for them and then truly taking time to listen to them. God, you have blessed us. Help us to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.